You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium and Gale. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan and Del Tori. Same corner, same time. We got we got a couple people with uh, with missing voices this week, so yeah, sounds bear good. with us. Wet uh, vibes, man. I expect horse horse voice, <laughs> you know, and some good stories. What we got, Nick? Yeah, uh, congratulations to uh, Kyle and J.C. Johnson. Um, had the opportunity to uh, go down and be a best uh, be a best man for a, a buddy who I've known since uh, since high school. Um, beautiful wedding, Riverside Hotel, right there on Los Olos on the river. There, um, weather was nice. Uh, drinks were flowing. Dancing was done. Daniel, My man, dancing Nick. Uh, clearly, some yelling. Uh, it didn't happen, Nick. I need some footage. Let me see that. That's footwork. uh, yeah, that, that'll be on my phone and on my phone only. It's got to make it to the timeline, Nick. Yeah, it's we'll not make it know. to the timeline. Nope, never happened then. I'm fine with that. Hmm. So, the, so the best white footwork is still Dan Thompson. Oh, oh yes, yeah, no, I was, I was, uh, I, I was not entering that competition. <laughs> so, congratulations. This is a, it's a tough competition because because Dan bring the heat. He does. Yeah. With no shame. No shame in my game. Yeah. So congratulations to the Johnsons. Um, I gave a speech. I think it went well. Mm. Did you um, tell some jokes or? It was more of like the roast of my friend okay. at his wedding. Uh, with, some nice, with, some, <laughs> with some nice things said to uh, uh, the, the bride, to the families. Um, but yeah, got up there. The, the maid of honor went right before me. And she was very nice. So I immediately get the mic and I'm like, hey, Kyle, that is not how this speech is going to go. Uh, just so you know, she said some really nice things. Um, and I don't have any of that written down. There you go. Do you guys prefer, Nick, obviously you did the roast type. Silk, when you go to a wedding and you hear best man speech, do you prefer the more heartfelt, maybe the more comedic one? Or do you prefer the more roast type? If I got to go more and more heartfelt, you know, um, you just gotta be a good. I would like from writing it to be a happy medium, right? You want to make laugh and get some heartfelt, a little little mixture of both. Right. But if I gotta lean one towards the other, more heartfelt, I won't make anybody the butter jokes at their at their big day. So this is a, a good. I'm sure Nick Nick's savvy with words, so he did his thing. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a, I feel more pressure. Uh, you know, a professional internet essay writer was asked to write right. a speech. I felt I felt some pressure. Um, famous podcaster. It's a semi semi famous podcaster, right? Met a couple. Um, Should have been a layup drill for you, fam. Met met a couple Stadium and Gale listeners at the wedding. Um, had some people come up and and say they they love the pod. So, um, shout out to them. There was a bunch of uh, Florida graduates at the wedding. So nice. Uh, we had we had some listeners there. I love it. I love it. Well, my uh, my voice is out for a different reason. I was at a golf tournament uh, this weekend, which I know sounds. Uh, like a place that you shouldn't lose your voice at. 
Uh, but uh, my company sponsors a golfer on the Corn Ferry Tour, which is the one right below the PGA Tour. Um, and uh, he comes down to the LeeCom tournament uh, down in Bradenton every year, and he knows that we're going to bring the heat. So we had to, uh, we had to bring it loud this year. Um, shout out to Dawson Armstrong. I think he finished 22nd overall, just a couple shots off the lead. Um, shout out to the poor guy that was in first place, too, that uh, four-putted a hole 18 to, to not only not win, but to come in, I think, a 13th place finish. So unfortunate for him, but uh, but great time, uh, great energy. Shout out to Dawson. Hopefully I don't see you there next year. So hopefully we'll see you at the uh, PGA Tour events next year. Nice. So what you get into? Not a whole lot for me this weekend, man. Just track practice, you know. Shout out to the coach. He's making kids cry, quit, all that good stuff. So uh that was fun, man. Just just track practice, uh soccer, just dad stuff, man. They had a three-day weekend, so I thought I was gonna be able to chill today and relax, but it, it became more of a more work than a normal Monday. Um dealing yeah. with these two, but I uh, just chill, man, chill vibes. So 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 I didn't know um much about track at that that age. Do they run a lot of different events? They have them specialize in different things, or what are the events that uh, Junior's running? He wants just to run the 100 and 200, but uh, after going out there, they want them to all do three events, uh, mm-hmm. at least th- at least three. Um, so I'm not going to let him long jump since he's doing – they want him to run three three races. So he's doing 400, uh, 100, and 200. Mm-hmm. Um, he's starting to like the 400 more. He used to hate it, but he, that, I think, like, he's he's got a, a, a nice little – timing on that for for like his age i think he's very good at like these these little kids his age gas out early it's one full lap so they jump out the blocks and start sprinting <laughs> and he has a concept of timing his his energy and his birth for that last runway pretty good so all right well, that now four, that 400 that 400 is like more strategy too i mean obviously mm-hmm. everyone's fast but like you say especially at that age the kids the 100 is just hey straight, run as fast as you gas. can real quick yeah. yeah um the 200 i mean you have one turn but uh, the four hundred—that's like a whole different strategy that you got to have. That's that, and that's what he liked because he—he—he he already know just from watching me watch it during the Olympics. Uh, that's my favorite race to watch. Mm-hmm. So he already had the concept of. So he—he he starts to laugh in his head a little bit while he's running, watching these kids just gas themselves out. Um, and that's the fun part he likes about it. But he—he he, in his group, his age group, he's like first in. It's fourth time wise in every group mm-hmm. he's in, but his favorite race is the four hundred right now. I know this will surprise awesome. many of you, but I ran the four hundred in he middle school. First. Oh, okay. I you was terrible. Oh, yeah. No, no, I was on the uh, I was in the B race, right? I didn't make the A race even. Uh, I was in the four hundred B race. Um, a consistent fourth to seventh place finisher. I think I placed third just once. Um, my time could have been taken on a sundial. Uh, but uh, you say fourth because nobody keeps a track out the third, that's why you right, say yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you know <laughs> I can't lie, yeah. right? Uh, I think one time I even finished in last place, but I, like I said, I know it's a surprise <laughs> to you that I'm not an athletic specimen and everything. But uh, that 400 race is brutal, brutal. Well, I never finished dead last in a race, man. That's got to be like devastating, yeah, yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> so that that's when I learned that I probably wouldn't be making the Olympic team. Was that your last race? Because I think if I finished dead last, that would be my last official race. Oh, you know what, Nick? So everybody <laughs> in middle school like runs districts, right, to like qualify for the next level. Uh, I'm pretty sure my last race, I did not come in last place because some kid double DQ'd before me. But oh. I, I'm pretty sure I finished <laughs> right. whatever the last runner was in district. So 
I used to um, fake cramps, man, so I didn't have to run a 400. I can see that. Spencer was a uh, was a distance runner, um, so I wonder what he's doing the 400. And I'm sure Junior would still beat him, but uh, but yeah, that 400 race is is for the birds. It's that tweener, man. It could be a, it's like a tween between sprint and distance. Not distance, mm -hmm. and it's also not a sprint. So, um, shout out to Michael Johnson. That's who made me fall in love with the four hundred. That was a killer with the four hundred, man. Gold shoes, man. Oh man, you remember them gold shoes? I Epic. do. I right, just get into I'm some Stadium Miguel, some shenanigans. Well, let's Woo! get into it. As always, this episode of Stadium Miguel, sponsored by our friend Alan Horn with Alan Horn Insurance over in Georgia, but. Don't fret if you are in the state of Tennessee, Alabama, Florida, or Georgia. You too can take advantage of the great rates that State Farm can provide by Alan Horn. Give Alan a call at 706-692-2888 or visit him at allenhorninsurance.com. That's renters, life, car, boat, motorhome, RV, whatever the case may be. Give Alan Horn a call. And his team will offer you premium service. 706-692-2888 or Alan Horn. That's H-O-R-N-E with the E at the end, insurance.com. Well, boys, I'm excited. I got to holler at Alan. You do? I got to yeah. holler at Alan. I do got to holler at Alan. I need some, I need some insurance. He's um, got some great people uh, that work there. Um just very knowledgeable, uh, timely, get you stuff right after they say they will. So give a shout out to Alan Horn Insurance. If anything, just shop around. It's free to get a quote. So visit him at Alan Horn. Silk, I know he would love I to. Mean, uh, I ain't mean to make you do you. another ad read, bro. My bad. No, you're shout good. Hey, <laughs> shout out to Alan. Appreciate, appreciate him. It keeps this pod going. Um, well, I'm excited. We've got Kelly Ray Finley, the women's basketball coach, joining us in a little bit. But before we do that, uh, the Gators men's basketball team uh, pulls off a, a victory, one that uh, I was told on the internet to uh, give a shout-out to Nick for calling. Um, I, don't, I don't know uh, what made Nick call this, other than potentially being uh, contrarian and different than the rest of us that think the, uh, the men's basketball program needs a change. Uh, if but he was wrong, do... nobody would have cared. So that's why I was <laughs> really bold take. That's right. That's a right. wildly bold take. Only yeah, yeah. two other teams have beaten Auburn this year. Um, I see. This, I see. This C Rob thought he had one. No shot to C Rob, man. Bro, this is what Mike White does. They beat number one Tennessee last year. They they win games that nobody gives them a chance to late in the year. You put a feather in your cap because it's a great win. Um, it sound like a Cinderella team, bro. They're one of the first four out right now. That's a, they're they're starting to look like Cinderella. Nice, late nice one seed in the NIT coming our way. Woo! NIT champions. Mike That's White right. extension. I can see it. Uh, but the Gators do pull off a victory. No slight to them. V big victory over Auburn. Uh, like Nick said, Auburn had only lost twice uh, before. They've sent 24 and 2, number two in the country. Uh, the Gators pull off a 63 to 62 victory. Uh, almost squandered it there at the end, uh, but did a great job of closing them out. Um, overall, great team performance. Uh, Colin Castleton, 19 points. Tyree Appleby went off with 26 points. Uh, the rest of the team just played. Played well, uh, was able to hold Alabama to not get a final shot off when they had the ball with about four seconds left uh, in the game. Uh, game was over. Uh, Gators uh, fan base uh, storms the court uh, in a very unconvincing fashion. Uh, today, the SEC announced that the Gators will be fined $50,000, so probably about $1,000 per person 
that did storm the court, uh, but it did bring up a topic of conversation. I think one where I'll probably disagree with both of you. Um, but the conversation after the game was, should the Gators be storming the court and should the Gator fan base be storming the court? Um, Silk, what are your thoughts? You're on mute. Sorry about that. <laughs> it wasn't even a full-fledged storming the court. Like, some of the fans probably like, I don't know, I don't think we should be doing this, what it looked like. Um, no, nah, we shouldn't be storming the court. We got two national championships in the building, man. Uh, we're a legitimate basketball program. It's not our tradition. A lot of times storming mm-hmm. court is a traditional thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just not something we do at the University of Florida. So I don't, I don't, yeah, fire Mike White, man. Gotta get him a lot of <laughs> we storming courts, man. It's changed. Nick, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I didn't like it because it was weak. Um, like you said, it probably been cheaper to give everyone that got on the court a thousand dollars instead of paying the fine. Um, so here's a thousand dollars, don't go on the court. Um, <laughs> but then, like, uh, probably not a popular subject, but like watching the watching the field at Kroger Field get stormed when Kentucky mm-hmm. beat Florida, um, that looks super dope because the entire stadium got down mm-hmm. onto the field. Um, right. I love a good court storming. If you want to do it, have fun. I get why the SEC doesn't like it. Um, you could get some some mm-hmm. really bad situations with students talking crap to a – they don't realize how big like a linebacker is, and you say the wrong thing to a linebacker, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're catching hands. Uh, mm-hmm. and you don't need that happening yeah. after the game. Or you say it to Juwan Howard. Don't say it to Juwan Howard. Don't say it to <laughs> – NBA Finals champion Miami I'll Heat. With you. See, I think Jawan Howard. You can't grab Jawan Howard. I think, man. I think that they've had interactions all all season. They lost to each other before, and like they they've mm-hmm. had this. But I think that the only difference was uh, the Bush lead timeout, and then mm-hmm. and then um, the grabbing or whatever. But yeah, um, everybody's grown in that situation. But we'll go we'll get back to get back to our shenanigans. What we got? Yeah, no, I, I, I think my take is um, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of programs storm the court. I saw UNC storm the court a few years ago. I've seen a number of teams storm the court. I, you know, I, I respect Florida's basketball tradition, but I think it's cool when the fan base gets engaged. You know, a lot of these kids, you know, that did storm the court were, you know, one, two, three years old, uh, you know, when the Gators did win those national championships. So, you know, I'm here for excitement. You know, it's obviously been an up and down you know, probably a couple of years that they've been in college. So, so I'm here for the support. I, I completely understand the safety uh, reasons behind it, but uh, you know, I, I also heard that that security did a pretty good job of, of trying to stop these uh, the kids from storming the court after uh, you know, the, the 40, 50 or so made it onto the, uh, to the court. Um, I'm not against it. I, I think that Florida basketball, um, you know, has a rich tradition over the last 20 years or so, but you know, I, I think that it could bring some excitement, some energy to a, uh, you know, to a, a group of, of student athletes and to a fan base that, that probably desperately needs some some excitement and some energy behind it. So I wasn't uh, against it. Um, get a new coach to do that. that gets <laughs> well, we'll uh, we talk a little bit more. But before we do that, I do want to bring on uh, Florida Gators women's basketball coach. who's just having a fantastic season uh, this year. Uh, Kelly Ray Finley. Uh, Kelly, uh, we appreciate you coming on and joining us. You've been Uh, one of the most uh, recommended guests for us. So we appreciate your time this evening. (laughs) Uh, Thank you guys for having me. Uh, It's fun to listen to your conversation about storming the court. You know, I don't know. Okay. 
know, what are, what are your thoughts? What's your opinion? Opinion? What are my thoughts? I'm <laughs> yeah. for, you know, I don't, I don't, think, I, I don't want to come off as the Grinch either. I'm just like, yeah, I was going to say, Corey, listen, we don't know each other, but you know, <laughs> it's like the you know, fire Mike White, you know, this, that, whatever. Look, look, come on. I get, I get bad. The same people that yeah. love you, they love to hate you, but that's the business we're in, isn't it? Mm. Corey, big yeah. hater. You have to just do a lot of the shows to get me and Mike White's relationship <laughs> on here, man. So. <laughs> okay, well, listen, as we get to know each other, I don't claim to know things I just don't know, okay? So All right, that, sure. that's where we're at. Uh, I don't have a real strong opinion uh, about storming the court, so but I was excited to see the men win. Uh, that was a that was a big win for us, and that was really cool. Absolutely. I love it. How, how much, <clears throat> before we get into your team, how much do you guys interact? I know you, I mean, you have the, the same practice court. You're in that kind of same building. How much do you guys um, see the men's team and, and do the players interact and things like that? Oh, quite a bit. That's a great question, Nick. Um, you know, it's really fun. It's unique because we share a practice complex, but we each have our own court, which is mm -hmm. we're very, very fortunate to have the facility to do that. Um, but we share a training room. Uh and all that good stuff in a weight room. And so it's nice to see our student athletes be able to be close. They root for each other. Uh, they go to each other's games when we can. You know, unfortunately, we were traveling when they played Auburn the other day. Uh, but we'll stop on the bus. And <clears throat> sorry, my voice is a little go gone. It was loud last night at LSU. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I know. And our coaching staffs are close. Uh, you know, they're great guys. And, you know, we love to, to bounce ideas off of each other. And it's just a really cool environment. Kelly, I want to get into uh, the Gator season. Um, you take over as head coach, start the season 10 and 3, a lot of excitement uh, around the program. Uh, always love when we can beat uh, FSU. Then in SEC play, you guys really turn it on, uh, beating number 25 Texas A&M, number 23 Kentucky, number 11 LSU, uh, hard-fought battle against South Carolina, and then rattle off you know wins against Tennessee and Georgia, uh, Mississippi State, Auburn, uh, a number of other programs. Um, what is it about this team this year? You guys have, you know, lost, you know, some players. You've had some injuries. Uh, you had a transfer. What is it about this team that that's allowed them to, to put together one of the best women's basketball seasons, you know, in UF history? Uh, I think it's their buy-in. They're just a really fun group to coach. Uh, I was talking to Tamika Ketchings the other day. She did our broadcast last night and, you know, when you've been around really electric teams, you know, it's like you're trying to catch lightning in a bottle, right? Sometimes. And this team just makes it fun. Uh, they, they rarely have a bad day, so to speak. They always compete hard in practice. I, I can tell you on, on one hand, the number of bad practices that we've had, uh, the effort is always there and it makes it easy to coach them because they are eager to learn. Uh, and when you have that, you know, they, they want to grow and they, they want to be good learners. Um, and when you have that, you have the opportunity to do something pretty special. I love it. So I want to ask about, about some of the leadership on the team. Obviously, you, you've got a team that, that dealt with a, a, an injury to, to one of the, you know, the, the more prominent names, uh, Lavender Briggs. Um, your, your team has bounced back pretty well. Um, obviously, you know, it's a testament to you and your coaching and, and buy-in, but also some of the leadership on your team. You know, who are the leaders that have been stepping up on this team? And um, did you know that they would be the leaders before the season started or did they just start to rise as the season went on? Yeah, a, a really other unique uh, thing about our team is it's somebody different every day. Their ability to be selfless is remarkable. 
Um, but I would say, you know, Kiki Smith is the engine that makes us go on both ends of the floor. She's tremendous. If you guys have had the opportunity to watch her, she's kind of a, she might be a once in a lifetime kind of player. Uh, she never has a bad day. She sets the tone. You ask her, how do you feel, you know, today after getting injured last night, how do you feel or, or how's your body? Great. I can go. Do you want me to go? You're like, nah, but like, you're not. It's okay. You know, um, you know, her mindset is everything to this team. And then Zippy Broughton, you know, she's a transfer um, who's brought, excuse me, a lot of experience to the floor, just a steadfastness in, in how she approaches things in her preparation. Uh, but, you know, Manu and Christina, they also have a selflessness and a willing to do whatever it takes in order to help us win. And when you have that mindset and that approach, I think that's what makes us a little bit difficult to scout. You know, Kiki is is steadfast in that in that role. And then, you know, we have four post players that anyone at any time can come in and produce in, in whatever minutes or whatever opportunity they have. Uh, and so it's, it's really fun to coach an eagle this team. Uh, and I think that's what makes us different. I, I do want to ask because you mentioned about Kiki Smith's injuries. Do you have an update on that? I know some people saw her take a hard uh, – Hard yeah. fall yesterday against LSU. Um, how's she doing? Yeah, she's well, she says she's doing great. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I'll tell you this. She's never said she's not doing great. So she says she's great. You're like, all right, let's get on the baseline. Let's start running. Actually, coach, I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. And she could be like, all right, all right, fine. That's not the problem. You know, that's why that's why she's a, a division one athlete and I'm doing a podcast with you. That's right. Exactly. That, that would not be exactly. me. Is she your go-to player in, like, clutch situations? Uh, it depends what the matchup is. So we really try to expose um, places where we feel like we have advantages. You know, we felt like one of their, their players was a weaker defender last night, um, trying to get those switches, and, and that's what we try to do every night. And so we feel like all of our guards can score. Our fours have been real different difference makers for us in terms of the versatility. Uh, against Auburn and Mississippi State, we really had to go to them a lot inside. Uh, they had a size advantage, whereas our opponent maybe had a speed advantage. Um, and so just depends the opponent and the, and the situation. But, yeah, we count on her for, in big moments. The other person is Zippy Broughton for sure. I think she's hit some. You know, she missed that shot last night, and we told her we'll take it. 100 times out of 100, we'll take that shot. Thought it was straight on. I actually thought it was going to be in. It looked good uh, from where I was standing. And um, But, you know, there's about 70 possessions in a game. It's not one possession right. that wins or loses you a game, right? Right, right, for sure. Um, how do you move on from a loss like that, the close the close L's? Oh, man, that that game makes us better. I think mm -hmm. it makes us better in so many different ways. I think we, um, we've we grown every, every time. You know, a lot of people have said, oh, that George Mason loss, not to bring it up. Kiki would tell you, don't bring that up. <laughs> but I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I just – I don't know if we would have found the success that we found early on in the non-conference had we won that game. We were tired. We'd been on the road for about two weeks straight. Uh, and, and we needed that. We needed to learn how to control our mental, like control our mental game. We needed to right. learn how to perform. We needed to learn how to prepare all those things. We weren't ready for that stuff yet. Uh, and I think we're much more prepared. And so last night met us better. I mean, not many people have the opportunity to play against um, sellout crowds. Right in a top twenty matchup, uh, so I know that makes us better. It's almost cliche or coach speech, but you hear a lot. You learn way more about yourself um, in a loss than, than in a win. And sometimes a win um, in a game that maybe you didn't deserve to win can kind of 
gloss over or make you right. not look at yourself deeper or feel, hey, this these are areas we need to, to fix because, oh, we won the game. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, I think this group is unique, like I told you guys, in that um, we try to really focus on three things after every game, no matter if we win or lose. Here's, here's where our weaknesses were, and then here's where our advantages are against our opponent. Here's where the gap is, and here's where we need to minimize that gap as much as we can uh, before we play next time. And so we'll see that against Vandy coming up here on Thursday. They're a tough team. Um, you know, we have to be ready to play against zone and against the press, uh, but they're athletic, you know, much similar to Mississippi State or in Auburn, you know, so they pose a much different challenge than LSU. Kelly, how do you uh... – tournament is, is so 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 uh you want to peak at the right time so yeah. how do you keep the team from peaking too early or peaking right at tournament time oh i think keep it fun keep them hungry uh this group really enjoys playing together you know so just reminding them of those little things reminding them of like enjoy this memory enjoy this moment you know memorize the experience all of those little things they do really well with um but we've worked hard this season to to keep the joy that comes from playing. I think when we all played, I don't know if you guys played, um, but you know, you start playing because it's a sport and it, it, it is fun. Right. And so right. Uh, when that's the case, you tend to want to do it more. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's really where we've kept, kept oh. our focus. Kelly, I want to go all the way back. So you graduated, <clears throat> pardon me, from Colorado state. Um, then you head up to Harvard. Um yeah as a volunteer assistant coach, and then you're brought on to the staff. Um, when you were playing at Colorado State, did you know that you would be, you know, a head coach or be a coach, pardon me? Is that, is that always what your ambition was, or did you kind of fall into it? Or, or tell us a little bit about that story. Yeah, that was a crazy story. Um, I actually didn't want to coach at all. Uh, it was like the furthest thing. I actually broke my leg in college and, you know, went from being – uh, really highly recruited to really un unimportant, really fast. And that was hard uh, to learn. That wasn't a great feeling at, at 19 years old. I think I was 19 at the time. Um, but I, long story short, Dan, I went to uh, Boston to watch my brother play ice hockey mm. and ended up meeting with the coach who had recruited me out of high school there. I, I just thought that she embodied everything that seemed to be right about sport. And she asked me like 10 minutes into meeting with her, Hey, how'd you find out about the job? And I was like, what job? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and she's like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I just took the job posting down volunteer assistant in the Ivy league as a um, full-time position, you know, but, but we can't pay you. So here's me mm. on the phone leaving. I'm like, Hey dad, you know, my dad was a high school coach. I'm like, dad, Kathy Delaney Smith offered me a job, but you know, it doesn't pay anything. So I, he's all, I'll ship you your stuff. You're staying. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> hold up. <laughs> so that's kind of how it all started. And, and I was really fortunate um, but I felt like I learned everything that's right about sport. Um, and she taught me a lot. And she's uh, retiring after this season in her 40th year. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. So would you, yeah. would you say it's almost <clears throat> you saw one end of it and then quickly after that, you know, kind of seeing how, hey, I was discarded just because of an injury. Um, and then you saw someone who had made an impact on you and thought, maybe I can be that for somebody else. Yeah, I just I found a real joy around it. Um, I thought that Kathy taught her young women, her student athletes um, to be strong and courageous, to be caring and compassionate 
I think, you know, growing up as a young woman, you want to be all things, right? Um, I'm a girl. I've never been a boy. I don't know what it's like for you three fellas, uh, but you know, you, you know, it, it's hard as a young woman to, to be strong and competitive and fierce and your sport wants to make you so tough and rough and you want to tap into that side, but then you also want to be, there's, you know, a nurturing side to you and, and a loving side and a compassionate side. And I just felt like she really showed our student athletes that they could be all of those things. And mm. so we talk here about, how do I be me and do so with more skill? So, you know, it's not about changing who you are. We really want to embrace um, who you are as a person and what's right for one isn't necessarily right for another. And that's okay. And that's what we see in the transfer portal these days, you know, and, and it doesn't always have to be personal, but she definitely taught me those things early on. That's awesome. You got to be a great recruiter, Kelly. What? Come on. I need to know. Okay, so Corey, I can't lie to you. Where's this nickname Silk come from? No <laughs> man, so it's gonna be befitting. I I, I give you uh the explanation. Um oh, okay. uh Silky Johnson is a character on Dave Chappelle's uh one of his skits, and he's the biggest hater ever. So <laughs> he wanted to play a hater ball. I love it. I love it. Okay. I got so my it. friends started calling that. me that because I used to hate on all the Miami Heat. I'm, I live in South Florida. I used to hate on the Miami Heat real heavy. So they used to start calling me Silky Johnson. Okay. So. I got you. It's, it's starting to make sense. Right, yeah. right, right, right. I, like I told you guys, I, I don't pretend to know things. I just don't know. I just asked the question. I love he it. asked the question. Now you know. Big hitter. Top, top left of the screen right there. Left big hitter. Got Misunderstood. It. Misunderstood. That's all. Um, Silk, you make a, a great point, uh, Kelly, when you were at Harvard, um, I'm reading here that you signed the first ever McDonald's all American, uh, to the Ivy league. And then just looking down, you know, the, the list of, of folks that you were able to land, um, obviously coaching the Ivy league is, is very different than coaching, you know, in the sec or the PAC 12, just because of academic, you know, rigors and everything else. Do you feel like that helps shape, you know, some of your abilities or, or, how was the transition from the Ivy League, you know, to uh, I'm sorry, where'd you go after? I went to, to, Colorado, to Colorado from there. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's you know, that's a great question. I think you got really thoughtful questions in. Mm -hmm. um, it was hard for me at first. It was really hard. I didn't. Uh, I, I, I wasn't ready. Um, I'll never forget. I. Um, supervised a study hall session. And I remember calling our other assistant coach and going, Oh my gosh, I like, she wants me to kick her out. I know I can't kick her out. I like, help me. Like what? <laughs> um, it was just, it was really different, but you know, every student athlete has motivation and drive to be great. That's what, why they've gotten where they are. And so it's more to me, uh, you know, learning how to, what motivates people, you know, making connections for people, uh, helping them find what their real passion is and then showing them, hey, if you do this, then you can do this. Or if you don't do this and, and behind every feeling, and we talk about this a lot in our program, behind every feeling, there's a choice. So, you know, everybody feels tired. OK, great. Congratulations. We all feel tired. OK, well, you have the same choice that I have, <laughs> you know, so. If I choose to get into the gym and, and put up shots and I'm choosing to better myself, if I choose to lay in the bed, but maybe that's what I need. But what's right for one isn't necessarily right for another. And so I say all that to say that it was hard for me at first, um, but I know that it's made me a better coach. And every place that I've gone to, 
has been really intentional in terms of the things that I've learned and where I've grown, uh, which has made me better prepared. What was, um, what was the jump like coming to Florida? Um, and obviously there wasn't a, a long history, um, but getting in the SEC and, and certainly the SEC with um, the programs that, that Pat built at um, Tennessee, what's, what's happening with South Carolina, was it a big jump for you? What was, what was it like when you joined the staff here and, and came to Florida? Um, you know, so I grew up in Minnesota and mm-hmm. I just felt like going to play college, but I was really fortunate. My dad coached some really talented players and, um, I just grew up and thought everybody goes to college and plays basketball. <laughs> like quickly learned that wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, but growing up in big 10 country, I didn't really realize how big the sec was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, being more familiar with the PAC 12, you know, I, I wanted to having worked at Harvard first, I wanted to be able to recruit the world. Uh, and it gave me a really big global perspective on how to recruit and being at Harvard, I felt like I could recruit anywhere. So I wasn't tied to a region. Um, and so I wasn't as much aware of that as I was, Oh, this is a really good player. Let's just go recruit her. (laughs) You know, I'll let me get to know her if there's a connection. Great. And if not, you know, but I also had to learn that, you know, you need to talk to parents and you need to understand value systems because in the Ivy league, you can't sell, uh, a kid, a dream when the parents have to pay and you don't Mm -hmm. want to put a parent in a position to say, Hey, I know this is your dream, but I can't afford for you to go there. Mm -hmm. That's just not right. And, um, so that was something that I learned early on. Um, but Nick, to answer your question, uh, it was just another job, Mm -hmm. you know, it was, um, an opportunity to go coach in the sec, a different league to broaden my horizons, my, you know, recruiting space. And I felt like Florida, was a tremendous opportunity to go back to high academic university uh, at the highest level. And that really aligns with me and who I am. Um, and, you know, you, you can, you know, you can get behind that in, in a lot of different ways. And then, and then everything that happened um, in the off season, you get named interim head coach. Um, how prepared do you think you were, um, to, to run a program? Oh, I think I was really prepared. I, I think, um, you know, a lot of people talk about, well, you know, six inches over this, that, whatever. I, um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's more about who you are and how mm-hmm. you do things, uh, how you lead people, how you connect people, relationships, um, than it is anything. Uh, I think it has to be centered on respect and honesty. Uh, we work a lot on that in our program. And uh, anybody who knows me would say that that's probably the case. Um, and so I, I don't know. I wish I could give you a better answer. <laughs> like, oh, it's so hard. And, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, um, it's, it's been more fun and more um, just really inspired by our student athletes and the choices that they've made every day. Well, um, I, don't think I told them the other day, Nick, not to cut you off, yeah, but I ahead. told them, thank you for making this such a great experience mm. for me because they didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they definitely don't have to do that. And they've chosen to they do that every day. And for that, I'm grateful. Yeah. I don't think it was a great question. Maybe one that had to be asked, but just mm-hmm. watching the season and how they've looked, I, I think the answer is clear that you were clearly prepared for it. Um, <laughs> and, and then the women that you're coaching have responded to you. 
um, and are having fun and playing really well. Thank you. Uh, who did you grow up with? Coach, give me a coach that you didn't play with or don't have a personal relationship with. Who was your idol growing up? I didn't really idolize any coaches. I just kind of like, again, because my dad coached, it was like, we just go to the gym and we work and that's what we do. Um, I will say this, my grandfather uh, played college basketball at Iowa, University of Iowa. Go Hawks. Yeah, go Hawks. Oh my gosh, they thought there's no other university in the world. Yeah, I know. I lived in Iowa City for two years. You'd have thought that that was the epicenter of of all college athletics. Right. Like he passed away when I was in fifth grade and we spent a lot of time in the car driving and, you know, this, that, whatever. But um, in terms of, you know, who did you look up to? I, I just really wanted to be like the big girls on the team. I, I was told this story the other day. My mom has a little uh, notebook and I have a sister who has special needs. And long story short, I wrote about how much I love her. Right. And how much I loved being the water girl on the bench because I got to be part of the team. <laughs> and so uh, I think that, you know, just when I look back and how, how to shape my mentality towards being a, t- a great teammate first, that was a huge part of it. Um, Kelly, I, I want to ask um, about kind of moving forward, um, you know, with the, with the team, you, you guys obviously are, I know Silk, you know, talked a little bit about, you know, trying to hit your stride at the right time. You guys are entering your final two SEC games before the SEC tournament and then uh, the NCAA tournament. Um, how do you guys – where do you guys go from here in terms of in terms of coaching and, and building and developing? And, you know, I think this is going to be the first NCAA tournament for, for all of these, you know, all of the players that, that went to UF or that are at UF now. Um, maybe missing one or, or two that transferred. But getting them used to that, that stage – of, of just continuing to, to live in the moment and not get the, the moment get too big. Yeah. I thought yesterday was a big day for us in terms of that. Uh, I thought that, you know, we're going to focus on playing Vanderbilt in a couple of days here. They're a very talented team. Uh, and we're going to prepare as such. Uh, we've felt like all season we're competing best against ourselves to, to challenge ourselves to see how good can we really get. You know, you guys saw faith do hit a three last night that was huge. She's been working on that all mm-hmm. season. It was not just a fluke. I saw and, she's uh, shooting 100% on the season. Not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was her first attempt, but, uh, but, but she's been working on it in the gym. I see her do it every day. Um, and so it wasn't a surprise. And so I think just continuing to have that mindset, um, it's continuing to have fun. But, you know, like you said, Dan, don't let the stage be big. Don't mm. let the moment be bigger than it is. Last night was really fun. I, like I said to you guys earlier, I asked them who's played in a top 20 matchup in a sold-out arena on the road before. Nobody raised their hand. Okay, now you've done it, mm-hmm. you know. And so, um, you know, just trying to build off of that every day. I love it. <clears throat> Nashville, um, where the tournament is, my favorite SEC town. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> uh Dan's as well. We haven't taken Silk there yet. We're trying to we're trying to figure out how to take him out to the honky tonks to, uh, there on Broadway and around <laughs> and around the city. Come on, Silk. This might be your year, SEC tournament. Let's do it. We got we need to get Stadium and Gale credentialed for the SEC tournament, and we'll send Silk up there. All right, we got you. Come on, <laughs> he's pretending like he can't hear us. So he yeah, yeah, is he, yeah. Now he's having. He's like, oh, what? What's happening here? Huh? What? <laughs> 
Um, I have a question. It's something that um, I saw happened um, maybe a week or two ago. It, it involved um, Sydney Carter and, and kind of the way some of her outfits. And I just wanted to ask you as, as a woman and as, as a coach, I didn't understand why anyone was commenting on what she was wearing on the sideline. Um, other than I think it's really impressive that you can coach and walk up and down in heels like that. That was really impressive to me because <laughs> um, I would just fall over. Um, but why do you think that is that, that a man or somebody felt the need to comment on what a, a woman, a, a woman who in a professional setting dressed professionally um, doing her job is wearing? Mm. Why do I think they have the need for that? I, I don't know. People are people, right? Yeah. So, you know, everybody's got something to say. And uh, I think that's, it's, it is what it is. I thought she said it perfectly. Do you have anything mm. to say? Nope. You yeah. know, I am who I am. Uh, but I think it, it goes back to allowing people to be who they are. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think in this day and age, you see that more and more. And we want to celebrate the uniqueness of the individual within the, you know, the team context. And uh, I think it's great. I think it's awesome. I think that, um, you know, somebody asked me, could you walk around in heels like that? I'm like, that's not my strength, okay? <laughs> no, no, your strengths and weaknesses. I like my ones, yeah. my one lows and highs. They're all flat. Yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of my thing. Uh, they, they, they broke me out, put me in some threes. I don't know, but uh, I'll stick with the Jays. But, yeah, no, I think it's fabulous. That's a, that's a strong flex there for you, Kelly. That's a strong flex. I'll stick with my Jays. Okay, must be nice. Yeah, it is. It's really nice. I'm blessed. Okay. I'm very, very yeah. blessed. And I know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kelly, I, I, I do want to ask, um, you know, kind of the obvious question is there been a huge groundswell of support uh, behind you in this Gators women's basketball program uh, in your interim title. Um, I just want to let you know, we're not going to ask you about, you know, what those conversations look like, but we do want you to know that uh, we continue to see, uh, a huge grand wall of support for you. And um, as somebody that's watched the Gators my entire life was there from 2006, 2010, I don't think that I've ever seen the, the love and support from the fan base behind women's basketball. So um, you've got, uh, you've you, built man. a great thing. And I know a lot of people would be excited to, to see that coming. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. You don't have to say it. Well, the podcast will keep saying it for you. <laughs> oh, you guys are sweet. I, I really appreciate it. And I, I will say, um, you know, like I told our, our student athletes the other day, they've earned this opportunity. Uh, I'm really proud of them. I'm inspired by them every day. They make it easy. And um, you know what's unique in, in college basketball is every year, every nine months, really, your team is different. Right. And so you have to rebuild the leadership. You have to rebuild do team building and those kinds of things. And um, I've been very fortunate to know these young women for a long time, uh, individually and then collectively. It makes my job a lot easier. And um, I'm just grateful for them in this season of life. It seems like do you get the time to kind of sit back and, and enjoy it or relish it? Or are you just like you said, like, coming off a loss we have to get ready for Vanderbilt and after that there's another game and then the tournament and then oh that's the season come on <laughs> but do, do you get do you get a chance I mean it's your it's your first first year as a head coach a great group of women do you get a chance to kind of like sit back and kind of enjoy it or does that not happen until you know after the last game I think it's just kind of you do what you do that's how I was raised mm -hmm. uh it's not that we're not enjoying the moments I think we really are 
I think, um, you know, it's been cool to see, you know, Alberta Rimdahl is one of our freshmen and she was national freshman of the week. She was SEC freshman of the week and she brought uh, donuts for the rest of the team. Kiki, uh, get, you know, just, just to understand, you know, that, hey, I, I couldn't have done this without all of you. This is a real team celebration. So we do little things like that. Um, in terms of me, I I really like love to take my time in May every year, no matter what, <laughs> uh, no matter what the season held. Uh, I know we did our best and worked our hardest and then uh, take a little bit of time off if that's a thing. I don't really know. Um, <laughs> Uh, and get a little vacation in then. But it's been great throughout the entire season for sure this year. Kelly, I got one final question just out of pure ignorance more than anything. Um, obviously, we hear a lot about the transfer portal in, in football and in men's basketball um, just because those names are talked about a, a lot from a recruiting perspective. And what's the transfer portal like? I, I know that you, know, you guys have a, a number of transfer portal players on your team right now. But what's that like um, you know, in, in women's basketball? It's pretty crazy. I'd say it's yeah. more similar than it is different. Uh, probably more similar to men's basketball and football. I think that you'll see it become uh, more and more popular, uh, which is why, you know, my our, our staff's philosophy is, you know, we, we would really like to know them before. So we really are going to continue to recruit high school uh, as best we can and build and develop those relationships from an early age, just because, you know, it's a, it's a, a people business. You know, and, and we can't be here without our student athletes. And we understand that. And just trying to to build those and foster those relationships so that later on down the line, you have something to look back on. Right. And there's a lot of trust that's built in those moments. Uh, that's why Zippy Broughton is with us now, um, because sometimes you change your mind. Sometimes something you thought worked out wouldn't. And it, and it doesn't always have to be this big drama. Right. It can just be really simple. I thought this was a great fit for me. It wasn't. Let me try something different. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's very, it's a big deal. Uh, and I think it will continue to be so. I love it. Uh, Corey, Nick, any more questions? No, no, no. Super impressive, Kelly. Enjoy the uh, conversation. Thank you. Silk, you didn't hear, but if they, if we get you credentials, you're flying to Nashville for the tournament. Did you hear that? Oh, most definitely. I'm trying to get to Nashville. The pandemic's not my Nashville visit. said you've never been there to Broadway right. and all that good stuff. He was going to show you around. Oh, already. I'm there. <laughs> already. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for having Absolutely. me on. Absolutely. Thank, thank you, you so much, much, Kelly. We'll talk to you And best of luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Kelly, Ray, Finley, uh, really impressive uh, coach. I'm very excited to have her on the program. And a I team. thought she was coming into a gauntlet. I'm on here talking about fire Mike White and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she had to have her guard up at the beginning, huh? We, um, we, I she I was we, sitting in the waiting room. Yeah, that you forget that the people in the, in the green room can hear you there, buddy. Right, right, right. Oh, man. <laughs> she, but... she bumps into Mike every day at the same facility. <laughs> She see him tomorrow. She goes, Hey, yeah. Corey wants you fired. Good win, yeah. Mike, if you're listening. If you haven't yeah. turned off yet. We we gotta ask Kelly to see if she can convince Mike to come on the show. <laughs> I don't think so. No, that's uh, I so. think I think we're gonna continue to shoot over uh, over there. But uh congratulations to the women's basketball program. I uh, got two more games, like we said, before the uh, SEC tournament. So we're we're gonna be rooting for them and, and hope for the best for all of them. Uh, before we move on, a lot more to talk about. Uh, before we do that, let's give a shout-out to our friends over at Game Time Sidekicks. Visit them, GameTimeSidekicks.com. 
Use promo code STADIUM, get 10% off your order. Best vacuum seal cups on the market. Um, beautiful designs last um, forever. Um, so really, really impressive product. Visit them, Stadium, or uh, pardon me, GameTimeSidekicks.com. Promo code STADIUM at checkout. 350-plus uh, colleges and universities on there. A bunch of other uh, products on there for, for players, NASCAR, golf, et cetera. So visit them, GameTimeSidekicks.com. Promo code STADIUM. Um, I think we've we've covered basketball. Nick, uh, the Gators baseball season uh, starts off this season with a uh, a win to start the year, uh, and then two losses to Liberty uh, back to back to go one and two in their opening series. Uh, what went well uh, to start the uh, series, and then what what collapsed on the back end? Yeah, I think uh, you know in talking, <clears throat> sorry, in talking to Kevin O'Sullivan. It started, I said, what do you guys need to be in February to be good? Um, and it started with, he said, Barco needs to be Barco. Um, he was kind of consistently inconsistent as a sophomore, was really, really good with Team USA over the summer, um, and absolutely shoved on Friday night. 11 strikeouts, had a new career record, a career high for him. Sterling Thompson had a two massive home runs to dead center um, career night for total bases and RBIs for him. Um, and, and it's going to be this first month of the season as every season is uh, a lot of learning experience for lack of a better phrase. You kind of, as a manager, give guys enough rope to hang themselves and, and mm. you give them opportunities and chances and they either make the most of them or they don't. Um, and you're trying to get, a core group of players in the bullpen and starters that, okay, the first month we're playing Miami and Florida state and all these out of conference games in March, the, the sec season starts the end of March, who is going to be the guys that we go to in the sixth, seventh inning um, out of the bullpen. And you're going to go through some learning, uh, some learning curves and some, some road bumps, especially when you look at the amount of freshman arms that Florida is, is bringing out of the bullpen. So you're going to get guys who I think Philip Abner is going to be really good. Um, he got roughed up a little bit. Um, Ryan Slater is a guy that they're going to be going to at the back end of the bullpen, um, you know, for a while. But I think, you know, when you look at Philip Abner, um, he's two appearances out of the bullpen. He's got a 10-8 ERA, a 4-2 whip, um, mm. you know, gave up uh, four walks. That's not him. I think that might just be, you know, uh, first time pitching in front of 6,000 people. Um, yeah, great crowds this weekend, which I was excited to yeah, see. But the record, right? You ain't been lying to us, have you? I haven't been lying. I, I, I said, listen, I said, I don't know what the weekend rotation is going to look like. And um, Timmy Manning was not great on Saturday. Um, I caught a little bit of that game. Uh, Pierce Capala wrote about him a bunch. He looked really good. Um, I think maybe ran out of gas a little bit in his first start, but um, struck out seven in, in his first collegiate start. He's going to be really good. Um, Florida's going to have to find some answers. And I think also, um, they're going to have to tinker with the lineup a little bit. Um, when you look at Kendrick Callow and Chris Armstrong hitting right in the middle of the lineup, I think they went a combined one for 23. That's a killer in, in the middle of your lineup. Um, guys hitting fifth and sixth. Josh Rivera, um, really struggled, I think, until Sunday. He had a double and an RBI or two hits on mm -hmm. Sunday and an RBI. He's a guy that if, if he – I don't I don't know that he should be hitting fifth for Florida. Um, you're going to have 
this first month, you're going to have to tinker with the lineup and, and mm-hmm. find where you should be hitting guys. I do really like that top of the order with Colby Halter hitting first, uh, Judd Fabian hitting second, and Sterling Thompson. You got to find somebody um, to protect Sterling Thompson. So you need to find you know a, a four hole hitter that you teams can't start pitching away or around from Sterling because that that happened to Judd last year without having anyone really to protect him behind the lineup and. Um, when I say that, I mean now guys are not going to be getting great pitches to hit because, hey, it's fine if we walk him. Mm-hmm. They don't have someone behind him who's going to do damage. So Judge should be getting more Whoa. pitches to hit because you don't want to put him on base and have Sterling up. So finding someone to, to protect Sterling in the lineup I think is going to be um, you know, a, 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 a huge thing that Florida needs to figure out this next month. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. We're they figuring have. out a lot, it sounds like, Nick. Like, we're figuring out the bullpen. We're figuring out the lineup. Um, like you, what, what, what is your overall opinion right now and vibes around the baseball team? I think they're going to hit. And, and, you know, Sterling Thompson, like I said, he, he wasn't on the many preseason lists, but I think he'll be on a lot of pro, uh, postseason lists. Um, you got a bunch of catchers. Uh, I think BT, Bradley, Riappel, Um I think he hit about three balls for home runs foul and then straighten one out, hit a home run. Yeah. He's a guy that I think that that'll play um, a bunch. Matt Cassetti's another guy. I think that's going to play a bunch um, like Judd Fabian didn't have a good weekend. He's going to be an all sec type player. He's, he's guy. He can't, he's coming off a season where he hit 20, 20 home runs. Um, strikeouts are still going to be a thing. He struck out three times. His brother, Derek um, struck out four times. Chris Armstrong struck out a bunch. Kendrick Callow, um, struck out five times so that's that might just be baseball like florida's going to be able to hit there's going to be a bunch of strikeouts but they have power how, how, yeah. how would you change up the lineup you say you would you would shift some things I, at fifth and sixth. i like that i like those top three um i think wyatt langford might be a guy that i would put in the four hole right now and drop josh rivera down maybe move Derek fabian up from eighth um and, and until kendrick callow and chris armstrong those are guys that are going to play um you know, Kenny was 0 for, 0 for 11 and, and Chris was 1 for 12, you're going to have to just let them battle through it. And, and if they're still hitting, you know, under their weight by the time, you know, the middle of March rolls around, then you get some some freshmen and, and move some other people in there. Um, but those are guys like – there's guys that if your team is going to be as good as you think they can be, Chris Armstrong has to hit. Kendrick Callow has to hit. Judd Fabian has to hit. So uh, it's early on in the season. You might – not you're not going to move Judd down, but I think you move Chris down, move Kendrick down, move Josh down, and, and start sliding guys up. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, they have as many batters batting below 100 as they do batting above 300 right now. So um, struggled, you know, in the bullpen, struggled striking out. A lot of strikeouts looking. <clears throat> Don't have that number off the top of my head, but uh, just not a great uh, start to the season. Um, obviously, a very talented team has recruited very well. Mm. Um, you know, gets Judd Fabian back, who they thought was going to leave uh, to the uh, to the major leagues this year. So definitely a lot riding on this season. I know a lot of fans were were there in support uh, to cheer them on, and I know a lot of folks are, are hoping for the uh, the turnaround. Nick, do you think they have the talent to turn it around? Obviously, you can't judge a lot to of the baseball first series. Game, but... We got to figure this out. I, I won't go to a game. I'm gonna check out the new park. Give me the heads up on a good a good game, Nick. Um, FSU would be a good game. Let me pull the schedule up right quick. Um, FSU comes here first because they do one in Jackson, one in Tallahassee. 
Um, I know Dan's not going to the one in Jacksonville. Love Jacksonville. So, but the only thing, the only thing with FSU is that those are all midweek games. So you have to come up on a Tuesday. That's March fifteenth, FSU. And then you the think they'll ever change that, Nick? Like, I think that that seems no. a little silly. No, I think I think they like. Um, the thing is, so like I know Jacksonville likes when people visit their town, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, so like the Miami series, Florida fans, if Florida loses, whenever they lose to Miami in baseball, fans hate it and they freak out. It's not a conference game, so it's not in the grand scheme of things. Florida's trying to win the SEC, and if they win the SEC, they're going to be a number, you know, like a, a, a one seed, and they're going to host a regional and host a super regional. Um, and especially being early on in the year, that's not a great indicator of what Florida will be in June or what Miami will be in June. So I think playing Florida, Florida State, a lot of people want those games to be, um, you know, uh, home and home every other year, you know, three, uh, three game series. But I think it makes more sense the way that they do it now. You get to play a, a big rivalry game on the road, you get to play. Um, in front of a great crowd in Jacksonville, you get like 10,000 people at those games. Um, Sounds like so good time I, in the Jacks, man. Jacks, it's, it's a beautiful stadium. Um, mm-hmm. You've got, you know, the Jags stadium right behind it. It's just a, a beautifully built ballpark. Same company that um, same company that built and designed for the ballpark. Hmm. So to answer your question, Dan, I do think they have the talent to turn it around. There's a lot of freshman arms. Um, who it's tough to say because there's a lot of freshman arms that you think will take some time to get ready. And then again, it's a really long season for an 18 year old kid who's used mm-hmm. to playing maybe 25 games in a season. And now regular season is 56. Hmm. Damn. That's a well, big shift. We will. Yeah. I think they came on here and last year and beat, beat the same drum. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully not to the same result. Man, they're gonna get Sully up out of here, man. The fans are not not the uh, not strict, but Sully Sully got to get it together this year. He got some talent. We'll see what's up. Well, I'm dying to pull like, up. He's got like another decade on his contract. He he has a very long contract. I don't think our friend care about the length of it. <laughs> no, no. His job is safe. I'm just talking about the fans, man. That's all. Um, I, know I already, I already saw it on the message board. So, right. just a matter of time before it starts to hit these Twitter streets. That's wild. That's, that's where all the drummers birth, man. The boys <laughs> first, man. That's wild. The message board um, fired Kiri Colbert because he didn't land a recruit. I can't even remember what recruiter was. It was DJ it was Allen. DJ Allen. Yeah, there you go. He was fi- he was fired. He he'd been on a job for three weeks. Fired. Now, the streets definitely got his got him on. Uh, he's on. A, he, he, they got a bird's eye view of. There's a there's a Colbert. stakeout. There's a stakeout van. The the timeline's sure. got the timeline's got an FBI stakeout van outside of his house watching. They watching his every move, bro. <laughs> Especially with this wide receiver class we got cooking up this year. Like it's it's the state's loaded. So, um, we'll see what he could do. Um, on the opposite uh, diamond, uh, Gators uh, women's. Oh, softball. real quick. So then, um, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, for for baseball, uh, mm. that first month too, also busy. So you're listening to this Tuesday. I'll be at Florida Ballpark Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday mm. uh, for two the next twenty-two, twenty-two Tuesday. Hey. God, that's so bad, Dan. Mm. 
I know you're gonna feel good about that. We had the same corner, same time a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Um on the Nick, uh, I'm sorry, they have games when Tuesday, when else? Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What what do you have as a projected record out of those five games? Um Liberty was a Liberty was a good team and Kevin O'Sullivan made me do my homework because he told me that and I'm like, all right, you're you're crazy. Um but Stetson is um, Tuesday. Stetson's usually pretty good, right? Stetson's um, Stetson's normally is normally good, especially there's so much talent in the state of Florida and in 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 baseball. And then you can only give 11.7 scholarships, so um, you get you know some pitchers at a Stetson or an FAU that could be on Florida's roster. You just don't have enough scholarships for them. So Florida's at Stetson Tuesday. Um, that game's on ESPN Plus, uh, and then they host North Florida on Wednesday. Hmm. So, what record you have? Um, I think you should beat Stetson, beat North Florida, and you, I, I. Here we go. Here we go. We're starting to lie. Uh, I think Florida should go five and zero this week. Oh, okay. very good. Well, we'll be here same corner, same time next same week. Same time, man. <laughs> oh man. Um, Nick, Nick got a high hand. Nick just hit on Auburn with the basketball. Bob. I think he goes six and zero, man. I'm gonna ride with my dog. I'm riding with hey. you. Open the door. Unlock the door, man. <laughs> hey, it. we need to get you down. Um, I'll be down again in South Florida again for the Florida Miami series, the fourth, fifth, and sixth. Of what? Uh, need to get need to get you down to March Light. Of March? Of March. Oh, I'm near. Weekends. Yeah, I'm near. One hundred percent. I'm near. Four fifth. I can't come to fifth. Fifth is a Saturday. I know that for sure. I got to go to my yes. grandmother's. So I'm going to go to fourth. Friday night. Friday night. Make sure make sure you find tickets. Get tickets because they sell that out. Miami oh, I thought fans. he's handling that. My bad. <laughs> Nick, get him in the press box. Come on. No, 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 press, no, no. I want to win Miami's press <laughs> box is tiny. I see, We sit outside of the press box basically with the fans. Oh, wow. Um. Chop it I up. I can only imagine yeah. the complaints from the press box. My guy Laz sits right in front of the press box, chopped it up with him two years ago or whenever it was. Last time, two years ago, last time I was down there. I'm pulling up 100%. That's, that's funny. Spencer made a, a comment. Nick invited you and then said, Find tickets. We'll see you there, bud. Yeah. The baseball tickets ain't next. <laughs> I, I, I just spring for it. Yeah, yeah, it, it is a tough eight dollar ticket to, right, right, to, get right, in, right. to get into the stadium. What 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 are they popular for? Ice cream, ices, Mark Light shakes. The shakes. Um, I think it was just a guy who started like selling them back before, like when the stadium looked like a little league stadium. Um, but they get wild. Like there's like a, an entire pieces of cheesecake in like the cheesecake milkshake. What? No, no, the big, 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 big thing. Like. Hour long line inside the stadium to get a milkshake. A milkshake. And hmm. now we know how Corona started. <laughs> <laughs> the second they blended that cheesecake, that was a uh, patient zero. Look, easy eighteen hundred calories in, in a shake. Man, that sounds, easy eighteen. Sounds great though, but I'm just not. It's not my lane anymore. But I want to at least see it. I get the kid. I'll take the bring the kid. Somebody got to try it out. I love it. I love it. Um, on the opposite dime, yeah. a lot of yeah. sugar, a lot of sugar. Uh, Dan's trying Dan try to get to the softball down. I'm just there. trying to get softball. Nick keeps interrupting. <laughs> um, Gators, Gators women's softball ends up winning the T Mobile tournament uh, that was in Gainesville this week. Uh, they beat number 14 Duke nine. 
fifth three, then they've done Elva, Louisville, and uh, Florida A&M. Um, very decisive victories, 4-0, 9-1, 8 End up uh, 10-0 on the season thus far. Uh, so congratulations to them. Uh, SEC softball freshman of the week, Kendra Falby, uh, has been hitting her sprint. She's 10 for 10 on stolen bases this season. Uh, so congratulations uh, to Kendra and the uh, women's. Um, but I do want to get into the, the meat and potatoes of some recruiting. Uh, we're just starting to get in uh, and see some visitor lists uh, that are going to be coming out for, for March 3rd, 5th, 6th, 18th, 19th, 26th. Uh, shout out to uh, to Corey Bender and Gators Online for putting some of those together. Uh, I'll run through some of those names, but uh, ultimately, Nick and Silk, I do want to hear some of your thoughts on on recruiting. But March third, four star Jordan Hall, uh, defensive tackle, four star cornerback Sharif Denson, four star running back uh, Trayon Webb, three star safety Kenton Kirkland uh, are going to be the first four visitors. Uh, then you follow it up by. Uh, five more four stars coming the next week. Don't want to give away all this premium content uh, on March 6th. You have four more four stars coming. Uh, and then you kind of move down a list, uh, kind of a who's who. Uh, I know Brandon Innes on March 6th, Santana Fleming also on March 6th are, are big names to look out for. And then certainly a number of names, um, including Cormani McLean, Tony Mitchell, uh, Peter Woods, uh, Samuel Mpemba, uh, a lot of names. Uh, that are going to be coming uh, in the month of March to um, uh, to the University of Florida. Uh, Silk, want to get uh, kind of your uh, your thoughts here. Uh, obviously, very early on, uh, just starting to get offers out, et cetera. But uh, give me a couple names that, that you're excited about that uh, you want to see the Gators really uh, prioritize. I mean, at the top, I don't want to even go to no sleepers because I don't think no Gator fan yeah. want to hear nothing about the three-star sleepers. Um <laughs> So, I mean, Carmoney McClain has got to be the top of the board. Uh, Lakeland kid, man, me and, me and Namad had some conversations about him the other day. The kid's elite. I think mm-hmm. he's the best DB on, on the field last year with McCall being on the team. Um, five-star kid that ended up heading to Florida State. I think he dropped down to a four-star before the class was over. But uh, I think Carmoney McClain's at the top. Richard Young, uh, just a home run hitter, an explosive guy, um, the, the guy that could change a program. He wanted them type of backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he should be high on the board. Uh, I could go on and on. The, 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 the talent in Florida is, is, is insane this year. But outside of Florida, um, it's insane as well. I like I like the, the quarterback they just offered out of Bama. I'm forgetting his name right now off the top of my head. Uh, I like that offer. Um, I do like that we're going after the, the baby Manning kid, um, mm-hmm. Arch Manning. I don't want to just settle for, for the easy guys on the board. Uh, we made his – top five uh, that he just released. I think Clemson didn't make it. So I thought that was interesting. So um, I think his recruitment, what do you think? I think his recruitment may come down to what's up with the Cutcliffe play. I hear that they Texas is involved. I think Cutcliffe is heading there. His relationship with Cutcliffe and the family. Mm-hmm. You think that play plays a significant role in his uh, recruitment? I'm not saying Ole Miss as a real threat. I don't think they're going to take Lane Kiffin serious. Yeah, no, I, I like that. Uh, I like that thought. Just to, to briefly touch, Chris uh, uh, touch Vizina Chris. is the quarterback from from oh, Alabama, God. the four star. Chris Vizina, that's yeah. his name. Sorry, uh, ranked number seventy two nationally um, on on three. Um, no, I think for Arch Manning, it's going to come down. I, I do think that the David Cutcliffe relationship uh, is very strong. Obviously, worked with uh, Peyton Manning over at uh, the University of Tennessee. 
Um, I think that there's a couple things. I think one is going to be opportunity. Um, I think he's going to be a kid that's going to want to play early. I don't think that he's going to be a, you know, a year one starter. I don't think he's looking for that, but I definitely think he's going to be looking for, you know, where's his opportunity to play. Uh, number two, uh, you mentioned relationships. I think that that's going to be important. Uh, and then number three, I think NIL is going to be important. He's probably the biggest name in recruiting and I, I can't even, I can't even remember a prospect that's been this highly sought after um, in a very long time. Maybe Trevor Lawrence, um, maybe there's some other there's names no I'm comparison. forgetting, but no, no, no I'm not saying in skill. I'm just saying in, he's a guy that everybody's been talking about since. No, I'm not talking grade. about skill. I'm talking, yeah, no, yeah, I'm just talking about oh, hype I mean, and NIL potential. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, I don't think there's a comparison that you could just find in football or even sports, man. It's, it's, his uncle's <laughs> Peyton Manning, his, his grandfather's Archie Manning, you know, um, the buildup and hype of, of what he could be or all the big yeah. brands should come a knocking. I don't know why NIL play. I think he could get NIL anywhere. I don't know why the deals mm -hmm. are different, differ by school. I'm pretty sure some schools could offer some smaller things, but as far as mm -hmm. big brands, I think his pool going to be good regardless. Um, what's yeah, our relationship no, I, like with him? Did they have a, did Zim out and stuff have a close relationship with him or a prior? Um, Nick, you might know, I don't think off the top of my head, they, they do. Um, I know that they've been, you know, there might be, I, I'd have to look into that. I don't, I don't know of any Louisiana ties, right? I think there's some, some Louisiana ties. I just don't know how strong. Um, right. but like, listen, <clears throat> even if you don't land Arch Manning, why is it like new that Florida is recruiting Hard go hard going after the number one quarterback in the class. I think that's mm -hmm. um, more what some of the most egregious thing is like, why is Florida having to build like a relationship with him now? And I get like mm -hmm. with Peyton, his uncle went to Tennessee and uh, his other uncle went to Old Miss and grandpa went to Old Miss. I get all that. Like Florida might not be uh, high up um, on the family's list of schools that they like to watch, um, but make, make, make someone say no to you. And I think they that's want to the win in the swamp. They might want to send him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that uh, that should be the approach. Make make them say no. Make the number one player in the country say no. Yeah. Use I like that. Hey, listen. Even if they don't land him, I don't see it as a whiff. I mean, you're getting in way later because I, I, you're not going to get Arch Manning to go to Louisiana. He's not, he's, he's right. never going to play at UL. Um, he might play at Florida, and uh, I think they're taking their shot. Well, I mean, think think about it this way. I mean. Of the schools that you mentioned, and I'm not as keen on on Texas's recruiting, um, you know, in their quarterback room. But if you think of opportunity, obviously Clemson was on there not any longer. Uh, Georgia, Alabama, you know, some some big schools that have obviously recruited a ton of five star, highly ranked four star quarterbacks. I mean, you've got some some very deep rooms at all of those schools. Now we know with the transfer portal, anything can change at any time. But if you look at Florida's QB room you know, potentially entering next season. Um, besides Anthony Richardson, you have, uh, you know, Jack Miller, who's never played. You have Max Brown, who's never played. You have, you know, Carlos Del Rio and Jalen Kitna, who will have never played, right? And will Arch Manning come on the campus and be immediately better than probably at least four of those? Yeah, right? So so look at the opportunity, right? Um, you know, I think that Florida has a lot to sell with that opportunity. And, you know, Florida and, and Billy Napier, you know, have historically, you know, developed, been able to develop some, some good quarterbacks, you know, under their tutelage and under their name, they've been able to put up some good numbers and you're, you're now selling an opportunity where you can come in and be, you know, not only an early starter, but be, you know, the guy on campus for a few years 
you know, compared to a few other schools where, yes, I know he's Peyton Manning's, you know, um, you know, nephew, Eli Manning's nephew, Cooper Manning, you know, who was widely regarded as, you know, an incredible athlete before he got injured or had to retire, um, you know, in high school, um, you know, where, where else does that opportunity exist? And I don't know if there's a better opportunity, you know, than Florida. Do I think that Florida gets him? No. But when you look at, you know, just opportunity in a vacuum, I think that Florida's opportunity is, you know, amongst the best in the country. Scared money don't make money. Right. You know what I'm saying? So pull up. Um, I do like Vazani. That's how you say his last name? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's Vazani. Or Vazina, I'm sorry, Vazina. Vazina, Vazina. I do like him a lot. Yeah, he's a A kid that's being highly recruited by Clemson and Kentucky right now. Uh, Comes from Birmingham, Alabama, Florida got in, you know, with him. Um, you know, there are a lot of quarterbacks that, you know, are available. Uh, very few have committed. Florida's offered uh, seven quarterbacks right now. None of them are committed except for, I'm sorry, there's one Malachi Nelson from, uh, from South Carolina, but that could have been an, an old offer from, from the previous staff. Actually it was. So long story short, you have an opportunity, and, but you, you do need to grab someone soon. You know, you do want the quarterback to be in the class early. Obviously Max Brown yeah. is an exception, but you do want your quarterback you know, especially going after skill players uh, to know who they're going to be playing with. I do think Chris Vizzini has a big – he has a big arm. Uh, mm-hmm. He's mobile enough. I don't think he's like Anthony Richardson, but he can move around and do some things well, and, and break when the pocket breaks down. Uh, I just – I like his tape a lot. If you haven't checked out his tape, check out his tape. Uh, he's been rising up the rankings on a lot of different boards and whatnot. Um, a lot of these, these kids are going to rise up the boards. It's, it's camp season. It's, it's mm-hmm. seven-on-seven season. These kids are going to be – Moving the groove and the line, getting in front of a lot of evaluators. Yeah, and you finally have a true seven-on-seven, seven, you know, season coming up, right? Last season and the right. season before, highly, um, you know, limited by COVID. But you know, it's, it seems like it's going to be, you know, completely open. So I think you're going to see a lot of offers, uh, you know. But you definitely want to see, you know, these guys start to get onto campus soon. Uh, just looking at the uh, the list of players that uh, are going to be coming onto campus over the next couple of weeks, uh, none of them are quarterbacks. Um, you've got a couple of, of wide receivers, a couple of running backs, uh, but no quarterback has scheduled um, a visit just yet. I know Chris Vizina has said that he's going to visit, um, but uh, again, nothing uh, locked in. So you definitely want to try to get, you know, that quarterback by, I'm guessing, you know, late April, early May uh, to, to really try to, you know, have him be the bell cow. Yeah, I'm thinking April. Um, another kid that I like is, is the cousin of Duran James, Jeremiah Anglin. Mm-hmm. Another another defensive back out of Polk County. Polk County got some talent. Um, they always have talent, but they they're pretty loaded this year. Um, I think that's the offer that we just sent out fairly fairly recently. Um, I, I didn't I, I didn't think we would have a shot at this kid. I thought maybe Mike Norvell and uh, and and uh, the Seminoles would, would lock this up with the relationship with Durr mm-hmm. and and the Florida State ties, kind of a little close to a legacy play. Um, but I think we got a couple of predictions. Some people think that we we got a shot here. He's a three star now, mm-hmm. but he's one of those guys that's gonna fly up the boards um, once everybody get their eyes on him this spring. Yeah, six two, uh, one eighty four out of Lake Wales. Um, really solid player. I think that, like you said, Silk. He's gonna be a guy that's that's probably no doubt a four star by the time that the uh, the summer rolls around. A uh, guy that uh, you know Florida has you know put some priority on. Um, on getting him. So I think that that's going to be a guy that you're going to continue to see, um, you know, rise the rankings. Uh, obviously some of the other names uh, that we've talked about at running back, Richard Young, 
four star, or four star, pardon me, out of uh, Lehigh Acres, uh, a guy that uh, you know Florida I know was after uh, Cedric Baxter, also from um, the Orlando area, Edgewater, uh, a guy that Florida is really after. Uh, Trayon Webb. Go ahead. No, I'm saying elite. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Trayon Webb out of Jacksonville. Uh, would love some more Jacksonville players. Love Jacksonville. Uh, Mark Fletcher from American Heritage. Um, you know, he looks to be a lead to Miami right now. And then Ryan Bullard from, from Miami uh, has an offer. Cedric Irvin from uh, Miami, Christopher Columbus. Uh, a lot of top elite running backs uh, in the state of Florida, and you have to grab one. Uh, don't like to look into the class of 2024. They did lose their their uh, their five-star committed running back there. So uh, puts even more of a need to to continue to make sure that you're you know, locking up this class. I think you need to get a, a highly regarded kid in this class. Uh, Florida has missed uh, in the past, um, you know, in the state of Florida in terms of getting the, the highly tauted guy. Uh, so this year I think is, you know, top priority for them to land a, a big name there. Big yeah, names I, everywhere. We need, we yeah, need yeah. a lot of big names. We got to close the gap. I really I'm like. Sorry, um, I really like. I, I would want. I would put AJ Harris on that list. Yeah, um, cornerback out of uh, Alabama. I think he pops um, fairly early too. Mm-hmm. Um, and who is the other one? I think you mentioned him, Jordan Haldan. Yep. Um, yeah, visiting on uh, March third. Yeah, I, I think he's a big one. Um, need you need your needs some some defensive line help when you start looking at the depth chart coming up. Um, and then running back. I mean, Florida's mm. running back room is really deep for 22, but what does it look like in 23? Um, so, you mm. know, a guy like you mentioned, Cedric Baxter, um, I think he, he's one that, you know, I would uh, put some put some emphasis on, um, you know, pretty early, and then you're always going to be off. You like, you like Baxter uh, ahead of Richard? Um. Yeah, I think I think right now I do. Hmm. As as a player or as somebody that that Florida will probably be more likely to land. Um, I I think Florida. I think. Um, I think. Oh, I I think I think he's probably trending for Florida right now. Um, and that's what that's what I was saying in terms of landing. Oh, okay, okay. Mm. Um, yeah, no, that would be a great get. Uh, ranked number five uh, running back in the country right now. Uh, from absolutely. from on three, uh, really solid player has offers from Georgia Tech, UCF, Arkansas, Florida State, uh, USC, Miami, Notre Dame, Georgia, Ohio State, Penn State, uh, kind of the who's who Everybody. of uh, of names there. Uh, like I said, he's the one that plays at Edgewater uh, in Orlando, and you know you you would hope that Florida has an opportunity uh, to grab a, a big name at running back too. Again. Florida needs, you know, they, they only have a few commitments in this class. They really need to get some of these bigger names to also attract other big names. Uh, as much as it is about relationships, as much as it is about opportunity, as much as it is about NIL and academics and everything else, elite kids also want to play with other elite kids. Um, and that may be the, uh, the thing that pushes, you know, that, that next elite kid over the, uh, over the edge to commit is, is being able to play with a guy like, you know, a, a Cedric Baxter, or Richard Young, you know, Chris Vizina, you know, and Arch Manning, those types. No doubt, no doubt. Um, some other names, um, wide receiver, we've talked about it uh, on this um, podcast a lot. The wide receiver room in the state of Florida, or the wide receiver group in the state of Florida um, is just ungodly. Um, you have Carnell Tate. He's originally from Chicago, uh, but he plays down at IMG Academy. Uh, number one ranked uh, wide receiver in the country. But moving down the list, Jalen Brown, 
um, from Colorful Prep down in Miami. Uh, Brandon Innes will be on campus. Um, you know, they're going back into to Louisiana with Shelton Sampson. Uh, but just, again, moving down Florida list, Hakeem Williams from Stranahan, uh, Raymond Cottrell from Georgia, a guy that's previously committed to Florida. Um, you know, there's some, some talk that he may uh, want to come back. Nathaniel Joseph uh, is committed to Clemson. Uh, he's from Miami. Uh, but uh, you know, Robbie Washington, a ton of big names uh, in the wide receiver room. Dequavia Sori uh, from Graceville, Florida. His cousin, a relative of his, was just – Hired by the University of Florida uh, to be on their support staff. Uh, Tyler Williams from Lakeland. Uh, Bryson Rogers, I know a guy that uh, Connor's very high on uh, from Zephyr Hills, Wiregrass Ranch High School. Uh, Santana Fleming from Opelok. And the list kind of just goes down. Um, you've got to be able to, to land some big names uh, in the wide receiver room because they, they did not do well uh, at, uh, at wide receiver recruiting this uh, this. Damn, Daniel. Uh, just reading names here, Nick. Um, <laughs> outside of that, um, I don't I'll, – I'll be one, uh, to, to be honest, and say don't know a ton about uh, either of the trenches uh, on offensive de or defensive line just because there's so much change between now uh, and the start of next year. Um, and then when it comes to cornerbacks um, uh, and uh, Cormani McLean is the guy that, that we mentioned – uh, you know, Florida's very high on uh, number one player um, at cornerback, number three player overall, a five-star plus on on three, uh, but a bunch of names there. Uh, and then at the uh, safety position, apparently just scroll down here, a bunch of offers went out. Um, you know, Florida's sitting in a, in a decent position for a number of those, but again, a bunch of offers out there. Not a lot of players have committed thus far. I would imagine over the next couple of weeks, uh, you'll start to see more. Sylvester Smith is a guy I know that Florida is very high on out of Mumford, Alabama, uh, number 13 ranked uh, safety. And then certainly when you get to athletes, there's a lot of folks there. Aaron Gates is already committed, uh, four-star athlete. Uh, Samuel Mpemba from uh, IMG Academy. Uh, and then just kind of moving down the list, including Creed Whittemore from Buholtz and brother of Florida Gators wide receiver. Trent Whittemore. So obviously a lot uh, to talk about. And then most importantly, what a name. we've mentioned it before facts only will be coming back uh, with Connor at the helm here soon to give you a much deeper breakdown on Florida Gators recruiting real quick, Nick, uh, what, who do you got for, for uh, possible pop? Who do you, who you think would be one of the first names to come off as a big name uh, to get this thing rolling? <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, you want a quarterback, you know, um, quarterbacks commit super early um, and then kind of recruit for you. I don't know. You know, I don't think any of us, we talked a ton about uh, Tremaine, but I don't think that he'll pick Florida. Um, Vizzini, is that how we say it? Vizzani. Vizzani. Um, Vizzina, sorry. Jesus. Not, not quarterback, just, just the first to pop. I don't, these guys haven't got nobody uh, in this class, right, in the 23 class. They've they got like, a few. They got a few. Bell cow. I think AJ Harris is a guy that could pop early. Right. Right. Um, he. I think he really wants to get on campus and and see uh, Corey Raymond and see the coaches. You know, uh, 
in their, you know, I think he he gave Corey Bender the quote in their natural habitat, like see them, you know, mm-hmm. at work, what they're doing, and and kind of get a view of what it would be like to be coached by them at Florida, um, more so than just talking to them on the phone. Um, he's a guy, and then uh, I think another one. I don't know if he if he'll be uh, an early pop, but Derek LeBlanc, um, the defensive lineman, top one hundred defensive lineman on on three uh, from Osceola. He's Florida. The new staff is really making a, a push for him. Um, he likes Napier a lot. Um, and he's someone who was not considering Florida um, until this coaching change. Mm-hmm. So um, he loves the, the family atmosphere there. And um, I think it'll be uh, he's a guy. If you start looking Napier, obviously everyone didn't like how little emphasis there was on Florida guys from Florida or close to Gainesville. Um, but I think that was just a product of the short amount of time that they had and, and Napier and his staff want to do their own evaluations. Um, I think uh, I read a quote or I listened to the, the I listened to the 1010 XL interview with Billy Napier and he said they looked at Florida's national championship teams and there was anywhere from 65 to 80 percent of those rosters were kids who were four and a half hours away from Gainesville. And that can mean, mm-hmm you know, some places in Alabama and Georgia, but that's essentially you're recruiting Broward County on up. Um, So I think there will be an emphasis on recruiting the state of Florida hard and heavy. You said, because everybody says that every new staff says they're like a family. They they sell a family on the trail. Uh, It it does feel a little different. What are you hearing from the recruit size that's different than the last family sale? It, um, I, I think, I think it's there's an, an all hands approach on on guys, but there's also Florida before every coach is going to have an area. Um, you know, hey, you're going to send somebody and he's going to recruit Tampa. You're going to send somebody to recruit West Palm and and, and Broward County. Someone's going to recruit Gainesville and Clay and all the all the counties around Alachua. Um, but you. You don't just not talk to somebody. If, if there's a running back in Tampa, but it's the offensive line coach's area, hey, the running back coach needs to talk to him. I know it's not his area, but he, this is he needs to know his position coach. Uh, so I think there's a lot more communication among the coaching staff in that they're all kind of getting involved. And it's not, well, I don't cover the panhandle, so I'm not going to talk to that recruit. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. Rob Sale needs to talk to the offensive lineman from Tallahassee who wants to come to Florida. Um, and it can't just be Kiri Colbert talking to him. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. And, and when you look at it, like a family atmosphere, it's okay. Well, I'm not just talking to the guy that has to be here because he he's my my school's in his territory. I'm talking to the offensive line coach. The head coach is talking to me. I'm talking to when I'm on campus. I'm talking to Bree. Right. I'm talking to Katie. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to Kevin Camps while I'm doing my photo shoot. You know, mm-hmm. I think they're they're trying to get everybody involved in on the recruiting and not just the person who has to because of where the kid's located. Right. Well, I, I think some of that no, no, sorry, I think some of that also yeah. also has to do with organization, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you're looking at a recruiting staff that is substantially bigger, at least yeah. the percentage-wise. Um, you know, when there were some things, you know, that, that were admittedly missed last, you know, under the last, you know, coaching staff. Um, I think that there was maybe some of it might have been some overwhelming, a lack of organization whatever it might be leadership. Um, But it it does seem to me there's a lot bigger concerted effort, not only just from coaches, but from the administrative staff that's there from, you know, Katie and Bree, but to all of your other, 
you know, off the field analysts that are going to be involved in that recruiting process too, you know, to, to also be able to point, Hey, that is a four-star kid that we want. You need to go talk to him, whatever you're doing right now, stop it, go check in, you know, go, go talk, go have that conversation with him. And from things that I'm hearing conversations that I'm having, it just seems a lot more fluid, seems a lot more organized and there does seem to be, you know, a lot more direction in terms of the way that recruiting's going beyond just, you know, let's be a, a family and let's like each other. No doubt, no doubt. Um, like you said, Grace, Grayson Howard is one of the kids that's visiting March 5th. I would put him on, like, commit watch as well. He'd be yeah. one of those. He's a four-star linebacker out of Jacksonville. Uh, likes Mike Peterson a lot. That, that, could, that could be a guy I see pop early as well. Yeah, uh, but March is going to be a big month. I think he was recruited by South Carolina by Mike Peterson. Right. Um, and then they've had a great relationship. Um, but like you said, Silk out of Jacksonville, uh, number 17 ranked uh, linebacker um, on the on three consensus, 6'3, 208. Uh, really solid player. Watched his film actually not long before we started today. Um, Traditional linebacker. They like to get their they nose into funny business, man. Um, not none of those tweeners. Were you trying to find a guy that could maybe play defensive back and run wide receivers? Nah, this is he's very athletic. He can move. You know, he's not stiff. He's not, mm-hmm. I don't think he's stiff, but um he, he can get busy. He likes to get his face into like nonsense. Yeah. And like you said, Silk, a big priority. Billy Napier visited um uh, his high school, uh Andrew Jackson High School. Um let's see, Jay Bateman a week after he was hired. Uh, went on a visit too. He's close with, like you said, Mike Peterson. Also coach, are also close with Jamar Cheney as well, who I think is an unheralded guy. You know, we've talked a lot about him oh, on the man. show, but that's a guy that you're going to see in a ton of recruiting, um, you know, interviews this year. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how long we can keep him. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's going to be long, right? Um, Florida just offered to while while we were uh, while we were talking to Kelly Ray. Florida offered Jason or Jalen Kilgore, uh, athlete from Putnam County in Georgia. Um, I think South Carolina not a great offer list yet. Um, South Carolina, Kentucky, UCF, Georgia Tech uh, have all offered. Um, and he, he's safety. an athlete, kind of. He listed as an athlete, but I think Florida would be looking at him as a as a safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he tweeted that it was Billy Napier who offered him as well. So always nice to get a uh, the the offer from the head coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, puts himself with a three five GPA of four five forty uh, six two one ninety. Um, I was watching uh, just the, the first minute of uh, his uh, highlight table. We were talking here too. Um, not uh, you know again a guy that I, th- I think will will also climb the. Uh, the ranks being looked at by uh, Clemson uh, in Georgia as well. They haven't offered Liberty, Louisville, Kentucky, and UCF have offered um, as well as South Carolina. Uh, but uh, again, a guy that I think is also going to climb the uh, the ranks as well. I think that might just about do. I'm trying to see uh, what else might be happening here for, for the Gators. Um, shout out to the men's swim team who won their 10th straight uh, SEC title. Shout out to men's tennis, uh, who had a big win over Georgia over the weekend. 
Uh, so a lot of great things happening in Gator Nation uh, beyond just recruiting. And like we said, we're going to have a lot more uh, about recruiting over the next couple of weeks uh, as uh, recruiting uh, does start. Do want to give a shout out to Hunter Barco. Nick, I'm not sure if you mentioned, but he was the SEC Pitcher of the Week yep. and National Player of the Week as well. Sorry that I missed that. Um, outside of that, uh, big news out of Georgia, Matt Luke, their uh, line coach, uh, is Man, leaving, stepped down. You hate down. to hear it. You hate yeah. to hear it. <laughs> Definitely a very solid um, recruiter. Um, and then just an incredible offensive line coach was the former head coach uh, at Ole Miss before Lane Kiffin was there. Uh, wonder what that might do, uh, if any players might uh, enter themselves on the transfer portal. Uh, but uh, we'll definitely see. But that love to see Georgia take hits. Absolutely. <laughs> love to see Georgia take hits. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm here for more, right? Yeah, it's uh, bad times. This is, this is, I mean, I don't know. It got to be something going on in his personal life. He's just like exhausted. He just wanted natty, man. Yeah, it's like a weird all season so far from them. Like they're getting like a lot of transfers. Mm-hmm. Lost a coach to Miami. Just got yeah. retired. Yeah, I mean they're they're definitely gonna have turnover, right? I mean we just mentioned offensive line coach leaving their defensive back. Coach Lee, uh, their defense coordinator leaves to, to go to uh, to Oregon. He takes a, a, a couple coaches with him over there. So definitely a lot of replacement. You know, obviously we talk a lot about Nick Saban replacing his coaching staff seemingly every offseason too. But yeah, it's a lot easier said than done. Um, you know, you can't always catch lightning in the bottle. So. For sure. You stop. Uh, you stop labeling that segment Gator News of the Week. Mm, that's because I wasn't prepared. Okay. <laughs> Normally, I'm just reading off bullet points this week. I'm just scrolling uh, FloridaGators.com, trying to find me some information here. Um, I'll work on it next week. Preparation is key. Absolutely. Preparation is key. Speaking preparation. of preparation, so preparation Valentine's is key. Day was last week. Right, right. Um, we've talked about preparing, you know, yourself you for 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 Valentine's Day. So let's uh, President's Day. Uh, is today. I'm not sure we're doing any preparing, but I'm sure there's some big holidays, big anniversaries coming up uh, that uh, it's time to plug Manscaped for us. Yeah, plug parts. I'm here to give you the tools. Uh, shout out to manscaped.com. Yeah, there you go. You got the, that. That's the, a new deodorant? Oh, okay. They call, it, they call it the Ultra Premium Collection is what you got there, Nick. <laughs> Lip balm. Lip balm. I got to check to see if my package was delivered. Go get the package for your package. I shot the manscaped.com. Be sure to visit manscaped.com for, you know, 20% off free shipping. But as you can see, they hooked your boy up with the deodorant, body wash, two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, hydrating body spray, lip balm, the goods from the great folks at Manscaped, man. Um, be sure to visit them, folks. Get your ball deodorant. It's that time of the year. I posted mm. it on Twitter this week. I saw that. I stepped outside. <laughs> I said, "Woo, boy, the breeze. The breeze is all right. Wasn't a bad breeze, but I can feel the humidity starting to set in a little bit. So, <clears throat> fellas, ball South deodorant. Florida, South Florida was humid and hot. It had been right. nice and nice and cool up here in Gainesville. I forgot you was down here, man. Was, I got, I got, I got back. Put the put the sweatshirt back on, but uh, very, very, very warm and balmy, especially down there by the you, beach. I know, I know you ain't packed no body odor. 
You look unprepared. I, I never got it. I never got mm. it. That you got you, that was the package before I uh, before I was part of the show. Oh man! But he could have used promo this. code twenty SG and bought it himself, Corey. Got out here chafing. You got here chafing, <laughs> waiting for a free ball deodorant, fam. <laughs> yeah. Listen, times are tough. <laughs> Guys, we're tough. Glad to see you're prepared, Nick. Use promo code 20 SG uh, at checkout. Appreciate everybody that does. We, they consistently remind us that you guys are very loyal uh, <laughs> listeners that uh, that buy Manscaped products. Shout out Manscaped. Uh, so I think uh, I think it's your turn for song of the week, unless I'm, I'm oh, mistaken. No, I thought it was me. Uh, it might be Nick. Silk, you had last week. My apologies. I did not have last week. What are you talking about? Who was last week? Yeah, I think it was me last week. I'm like almost positive it was me last week. Oh, okay. Never Probably. mind. Sorry, Big Kyle. I, I, I told I told um I told the groom that it was my pick this week. No, you got it. Go gonna, ahead. Shout out to the groom. Let him pick the song. Now, even if it is me, man. Shout out to the groom, man. Um, big day. Shout out um, to you. He's the best man. At least you could do the speech. Probably that, was ass. So at least you could do the song. That's a lie. Speech was fantastic. Killed it. Crushed the room. Professional internet essay writer. Crush did you have? Did you have? Uh, is you have no cards? Did you? Do you print out a piece of paper? So it's it stuck. was. That's why he prompts him this song. I, I, I should have. I should have printed it out. I read it off my phone. I was going to memorize it. Oh and then man! I, Just every picture. I started reading. I started writing, and it was like eighteen hundred words. So there was going to be no memorizing. It was like it was like a ten and a half minute speech. Nick, that's far that's, too that's, long. Yeah, yeah. You got. I had to wrap it up button for you, bro. I'm trying to get back to the they, bar, baby. What's yeah, going yeah. on? It reminds they, me they, of the uh, clown on Showtime at the Apollo, just up there, just sweeping him off stage. Ten minutes. Well, I walked up and I said, "I'm going to be your tour guide for the next 45 minutes." <laughs> that, was my, that was longer than my. That was my ceremony, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, sure shout out to the me. open bar too during your speech. Ridiculous. Shout out, shout out to me. Um, oh boy. Don't have a good track record of remembering things, or right. or great track record of leaving things, losing things. Uh, hour and a half before the ceremony, someone hands me the rings. And I was like, "This is not a good decision. Not a good decision for the bride, the groom, the entire ceremony, or for me." Uh, so I just so I did not leave them. They, the boxes mm. did not leave my hand for ninety minutes. Um, put the rings, take the rings out of the box, put them in my in my suit pocket. Uh, her ring fit very snugly inside of his. So it comes to the point where they're asking for the rings. And I'm like, yep, got it. No problem. Put my hand in my pocket. There's only one ring. And I start freaking out. <laughs> start freaking out. Pull it out. And I just see Could that. You imagine got... if you really lost it. I, I thought, <laughs> oh, my. There was a, there was a hole in my suit. There was, like, I, I've done everything right. But there's a hole in the pocket. But luckily, I uh, had both the rings. I don't think the bride was told that I that I was in charge of the ring. She would not have signed off on that. Uh, all right. So, yeah. yeah that oh, being said, for that ten minutes, for ten minutes of a of a shitty speech, man. What do you got for the guy? Give him some heat. Um, yeah, give him some heat. He said uh, he wanted ninety nine problems. Jay Z. He said uh, that's a wow song. Yeah, <laughs> especially yes. right after your wedding. He he walked out. <laughs> so he walked out. He walked out to um. They had a steel drummer. Next week. Got questions. They had a steel <laughs> right. drummer. So when he walked out um to to start the wedding, the steel drummer played PIMP loud. I, really I kicked got, the I'm mad I didn't get really to this, this 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 occasion, man. Really kicked the party off. It My was type a of party. great wedding. Great wedding. He wants 99 problems, Jay-Z. Shout out to Kyle. 
and JC Johnson. Uh, Congrats, great, man. Congrats. Great seeing y'all. Congrats. Congrats. Well, boys, I'm heading up to Nashville on Thursday. Um, so shout Sorry out to, to hear that, man. all you look, my so, you Nashvilleians. Sound so, you sound so disappointed, man. No, I'm pumped. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning are playing the Nashville Predators outside at the Titans Stadium. Uh, it's always been a bucket list to go to one of these outdoor games. So uh, very excited about doing that. Outdoors. Put it on the gram, fam. I want to see it, man. It'll be on the gram. Stuck on the gram. Yeah. Same corner, same time, boys. Already. If you having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I I got got 99 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. I got the rap patrol on the cat patrol. Foes that want to make sure my cast is closed. Rap critics say he's money cash holes. I'm from the hood, stupid. What type of facts are those? If you grew up with holes in your zap of toes, you celebrate the minute you was having dope. I'm like, fuck critics, you can kiss my whole asshole. If you don't like my lyrics, you can press fast forward. Got beef with radio, if I don't play they show, they don't play my hits. I don't give a shit, so Rap Max try and use my black ass So advertisers could give them more cash for ads Fuckers, I don't know what you take me as Or understand the intelligence that Jay-Z has I'm from rags, the richest niggas, I ain't dumb I got 99 pounds, but a bitch ain't one Hit me! 99 pounds, but a bitch ain't one If you having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son I got 99 pounds, but a bitch ain't one Hit me! Yeah, it's 94 and my trunk is raw In my rear view mirror is the motherfucking law Got two choices, y'all, pull over the car or Bounce on the devil, put the pedal to the floor And I ain't tryna see no highway chase with Jake Plus I got a few dollars, I can fight the case So I pull over to the side of the road, I heard Son, do you know why I'm stopping you? Cause I'm young and I'm black and my hat's real low Do I look like a mind reader, sir? I don't know Am I under arrest or should I get some more? Well, you was doing 55 in the 54 uh-huh. Lost the registration and step out of the car You carrying a weapon on you, I know a lot of you are I ain't stepping out of shit, all my papers legit Well, do you mind if I look around the car a little bit? Well, my glove compartment is locked, so it's the trunk in the back And I know my rights, so you gon' need a warrant for that <laughs> Aren't you sharp attack? Try and push me I try to ignore him Talk to the Lord Pray for him But some fools Just love to perform You know the type Loud as a motorbike But wouldn't bust a grape In a fruit fight And only thing that's gonna happen Is I'ma get the clapping And he and his boys Gonna be yapping to the captain And there I go Trapped in a Kit Kat again Back through the system With the riffraff again Beans on the floor Scratching again Paparazzi's with their cameras Snapping them DA try to give a nigga Shaft again Half a meal for bail, cause I'm African. Oh, because the fool was harassing them. 
Trying to play the boy like he's saccharin But ain't nothing sweet but I hold my gun I got 99 pounds being the bitch ain't one Hit me 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one If you having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one Hit me 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one If you having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one Hit me Woo! Woo! Uh, 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 u